Lord. So I'm going to start with uh, something that someone sent to me, an article, and it says, is it okay to get rich off of preaching about Jesus? I know we talked about this before. You know, and I, I know that we've come to the conclusion that if the Lord blesses you, that's fine. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. But then I started to read this article, and um, there's this guy called Ben Kirby, and from his couch in Dallas, he started to ask questions about the lifestyles of the rich and famous pastors when he was watching some worship songs on YouTube on a Sunday morning in 2019. And while listening to a song by Elevation Worship, a mega church based in Charlotte, the evangelical churchgoer noticed the lead singer's Yeezy sneakers were worth nearly the amount of his first rent check. And Kirby posted to his 400 followers on Instagram, hey, Elevation Worship, how much you paying your musicians that they can afford $800 kicks? Let me get on the payroll. And then he started to wonder, how could the church's pastor, Stephen Furtick, one of the most popular preachers in the country, afford a new designer outfit nearly every week? When a friend's encouragement, with a friend's encouragement, Kirby started a new Instagram account. At Preachers and Sneakers, posting screenshots of pastors next to price tags and the street value of shoes they were wearing. Within a month, the account 
had attracted 100,000 followers. At the beginning, it was easy for me to make jokes about it. He said, some of the outfits are absurd. So it's easy to laugh at some of the designer pieces. The price tags are outlandish. On his feed, Kirby had showcased Seattle pastor Judas Smith's $3,600 Gucci jacket, Dallas pastor T.D. Jake's $1,250 Louboutin fanny pack, and Miami pastor Guillermo Maldonado's $2,541 Ricci crocodile belt. And he considers Paula White, the former president, former president Trump's most trusted pastoral advisor, who is often photographed in designer items of preachers and sneakers content goldmine, posting a photo of her wearing $785 Stella McCartney shoe sneakers. As the Instagram account grew, Kirby started asking more serious questions about wealth, revenue from selling the gospel of Jesus. I began asking, how much is too much? Kirby said, is it okay to get rich off of preaching about Jesus? Is it okay to be making twice as much as the median income of your congregation? And the Washington Post tried to contact several pastors featured on the Instagram account for comment. But none of them replied. I don't blame them. You know, somebody should ask about the CEOs of all the Fortune 500 companies that when uh, they were told that they had to resign, their severance packages were in the millions of dollars while ordinary workers who were laid off you know, who, who no longer had a job were barely given severance pay and had to probably apply for unemployment. I'm not saying any, uh, that it's fair. Two wrongs don't make a right. But I don't think that they should have to answer to a person according to what they're wearing. Now, if they got their wealth through greed and through covetousness, then I believe, yes, there's a problem with that. But he has to determine whether or not that's their sole income, what the purpose behind of the heart uh, that they had when they purchased these things. And the reason why I say it, when he's wondering how somebody can wear something, how much it costs, I remember one time, you know, I, I don't necessarily look at uh, price tags for some things if I see it and if I like it. And somebody commented on my glasses because they happened to be Prada. I couldn't, I didn't know Prada from Time Mix. I didn't know them from, you know, just regular everyday glasses. I looked at the frame and it, and it complimented my face, so I bought it. Now, some people might think that I bought it because of the name brand. And when they commented, that's what people do, right? And when they commented on it, I said, "Prada, who?" And they said, "That's what <laughs> that's what you're wearing." I said, "What?" what? I wouldn't even be able to recognize. <laughs> right. <you. laughs> I, said, I couldn't tell you what was Da Vinci. Right. Or... And and the, and the product was no more better designed than a regular pair of glasses. And matter of fact, it was to me the design was was more faulty. But I just happened to like the way it fit my face. So he can't say. Uh, that he can determine why a person bought a pair of shoes. He can't say that they bought them because they're trying to show out. He can't say, he doesn't even know if they actually paid that price for them. He doesn't even know if they were gifted to them. What does he know about the people and how they came about? And then, as far as what you pay your musicians or, or the people who work within the church, your laborers, uh, that started with Nehemiah. Because when they went and tried to rebuild the temple, 
They needed people to maintain the church. They had the Levites leave their homes in the surrounding cities, and they came to Jerusalem. They, they forsook their homes to come to Jerusalem to help maintain the church, and he felt they had to be compensated for that. So in addition to paying your tithes and offerings, they set up an ordinance that the people would actually take care of the musicians, you know, the people who did the maintenance, and that's where that came from. So when you see, if you find somebody and you're paying them to be your musician, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, and depending on the talent or the need, it's how you do things within your heart. And if they're getting rich because they're going in the way of Balaam, if that's the only reason why, then they have a problem because in Second Peter, they, they talk about that because it's the wages of unrighteousness. And now, if that's why they're doing that. But if they're preaching the gospel and... And, and people are giving to the prophet according to uh, and receiving a prophet's reward. I, I, I can't tell a person, you don't need that pouch. I can't tell T.D. Jakes that. You know, I wouldn't probably even wear a pouch. I wouldn't even <laughs> know when I looked at him. Right. I would not even know that that cost that much. Right. And, and it could be that he just looked at the pouch and said, I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Like, uh, they should look at these athletes too, you know, because one athlete in particular, like Patrick Mahomes of the Kansas City Chiefs, he's getting paid a half a billion dollars to throw a football every Sunday. $502 million to throw a football That's up nice. and down the field <laughs> right. that the fans pay for, put him in the position of. And to get that kind of money, but they, but they want the preachers that, now I can say like how you were saying, like if they did it for a greedy gain, then you can question that. But you can't really just, if some people, you know, like Prada or some people like Louis Vuitton, they have as much right to buy Louis Vuitton as anybody else. But right. but just to sit and say, like, you had, y'all had to fit our standard of living. Like, who who made you the right. person that's the to, 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 say, to dictate the standard of living, how people should live their lives. Right. To say that a, should a pastor earn twice the uh, amount of income than, say, a parishioner, you, you have to determine, well, where are they basically getting their income from? Is it because the people are willingly supporting them, and it turns out that's, that's the net result of their contribution to the pastor? Uh, are they gaining it through... Uh, their own works, their own properties, or their own merchandising. You just, you just don't know. You have to go deeper than looking at what a person is wearing. And this is what scares me. After a while, they have to be careful because to me, they're right on that edge of what I call indies. They're right at that border where they see somebody having something that they don't have. They want it. They covet it. And they want it. Right. Then they begin to question it. But, you know, people have a habit of doing what they like to do. You know, somebody always would say, you know, when the Super Bowl comes around and they sell tickets for the Super Bowl, how much those tickets are going for. And, oh, those people are crazy to pay that much. I said, but people do and get what they like, you know. And every person is an individual, and if they don't like that, they're not going to do it. But they might like something else. They might spend a lot of money on 
what, maybe food, or they might spend a lot of money on... Paintings. Uh, whatever it is, mm -hmm. right. So you, everybody's individual. Right, and, and I'm just thinking the Lord looks at the heart. Now, I'm pretty sure there were, there were saints who were as rich, if not richer than Balaam, but their heart didn't lie in the abundance of their wealth mm -hmm. because the uh, man who begged the body of Jesus... Brother Joseph, he was a rich man. And, and the Bible noted that he was a rich man. But his heart did not depend upon his riches. Now, do you think he wore clothes of, say, maybe a regular sheep herder? I don't think so. Mm -hmm. So what they, what would they do? Criticize him because his garments were, what, of, of, of soft material, like the Lord said? Uh, because he was able to afford silk as opposed to wool. I mean, it doesn't, that doesn't make sense to say, well, he's wearing silk and, uh, and his servants, his people who work for him, they're, they're wearing wool. You know? It's almost like Bernie Sanders when he was running for president. He was pointing out all these millionaires, billionaires. You had a, you're a millionaire, you're a billionaire, why don't you? Right. <laughs> Got all them houses and stuff himself. He wants socialism. <laughs> right. right. Give them some of your home. Right. Give, <laughs> give them <laughs> money away. Right. And I know to him that makes no sense whatsoever. And so when the people start looking at... But I'll bet you he, his lifestyle is far greater than mine. Right. And mm -hmm. he pays a whole lot more for his clothes or right. maybe not. I mean, because, you know, not too long ago he was at the inauguration with these... With a regular coat on. And mittens that somebody <laughs> made that's, him. That's probably, you know. yeah, but they made it. He didn't go out and buy them. He didn't say, oh, let me get these cheap pair of mittens. No, no, no. <laughs> somebody gave it to him as a gift. And I'm thinking that saints have to be very careful when they look at someone and say, well, what's he doing driving a Ferrari because he likes Ferraris? You know, how can he afford that? He's, is he fleecing the flock? If he's fleecing the flock, then this is sin. Then he's going after the way of Balaam. But what if is a not, person doing, you know, if they buy, if they're not a preacher and they buy these lavish things. Right. You know, they're probably giving up their rent or something. Oh, they might or. not. They might actually be rich. But the point is, where does your heart lie? And, and would a very wealthy, wealthy, wealthy person live like me? I doubt <laughs> I it. I think so. Right. Because even, even without even trying, you know, even, you would do things because you can afford it. Not because, simply because you um, act a filthy lucre or greedy after money. But if you know that you can afford a house and say you feel like you need more room and you can afford it, You'll then you find it. yourself building a bigger home. It's, it's, it's not like you're trying to... Some people do try to show off, but some people just do it out of the necessity, and they just do. But it's very dangerous to look at somebody and assume because they have that somehow their heart is bent on mammon. Somehow that all they can, all they're living for is gain. That's very, that's very, and they're supposed to be a saint. That's a very dangerous thing to do. And if saints are living a lavish life, because they've given over to man, and God's going to deal with them. Because the Lord says, riches, they come and go. So the article goes on to say that in recent years, Kanye West has helped to bring merchandise into churches with his creation of Sunday service. I didn't know this. Eventually selling $50 socks <laughs> that said, Jesus walks. And, a, and crew neck sweatshirts with the Holy Spirit on the front 
for $225. And if people are silly enough to pay that money for it, that's them. Now, I don't think they should be sold inside church. And then there's a lot of mega churches that followed suit, you know. But since starting the Instagram account, Kirby has been dipping his own toes. This is the article. Dipping his own toes into the evangelical marketplace, entering a world that he has so openly critiqued like church leaders. His income is partially dependent on his podcast, advertising, and book sales, and he sells and I bet, merchandise based off the brand. And I'm thinking he's probably making a, a nice hand over fist. Based upon right, based upon these things. And I'm saying if he's doing it out of greed. Well he says the difference, he said in a later clarification, is that he doesn't leverage his position as a congregation's spiritual leader asking people to donate does, to a ministry that builds his personal brand. But that doesn't make it all right. Just because he's not the leader, just because he's saying, well, I'm not the leader, I'm not the pastor. No, but you're using the same methods and you're criticizing these leaders and these pastors and you're gaining, using the same methods that you accuse them of Getting rich off of. He's saying, That's hypocritical. He's saying that he doesn't want Christians to abandon fashion or celebrities, but he does want more transparency and accountability. In what sense? But why do I why, have why, to account to, to somebody him? who doesn't even go to church? Mm-hmm. Right. Why would I have to account to him? He should be accounting to us then. Uh, because that doesn't make any sense. Why should a person, because you see that they're prospering, why should you have to answer to them? Unless they're doing something illegal... If they're not doing anything illegal, they're not obligated to pour their life out before you or their income tax reports, you know. So the the article ends by him saying, I'm getting people to question the status quo within the church and hopefully push for a reevaluation of what we value, he said. People aren't going to reach God without this guy. People aren't going to reach God without this guy wearing Yeezys. Come on. That's what he said. <laughs> I, I, well, I don't even think people are thinking about that. I don't look at a person and say, how much did their tennis shoes cost? You know, or what I, is he wearing right. before I listen I would, to him? I wouldn't know a, a, a designer jumpsuit <laughs> from a Walmart jumpsuit. I wouldn't know the difference. I listen to the, the, what fruit, the word of God coming out of their mouth. What fruit does that produce? Can he get a prayer through? Right. Can you get a prayer through? Now, these people who are so busy looking at what a person has as far as the material side, they have to be very careful because they sound like they're coveting. They sound envious. And then, especially if they're doing the same thing that uh, that they're criticizing the individual for, but then they justify by saying, I'm not the pastor. But I I do not believe that pastors should uh, flash... Their wealth in the sense that that's the answer to problems, in the sense that that's a person's goal in life. They should be uh, lifting up the name of Jesus. They should be telling people about salvation. If it turns out that because of what they have or even their own personal wealth, they might not even come through the parishioners, should they compromise something the only way I could see a pastor compromising what they purchased is if they feel like it's going to cause somebody to fall. If it's going to offend. When the Lord says offend, it means to make them fall. If, if, if they know that what they have will make a person do any, some, anything to try to gain wealth, 
They look at them and say, I want to be wealthy too. And therefore, you, they decide that they're going to go out and do what, what they think you're doing in order to gain wealth. I could see a pastor might hold back and say, well, I'm not going to buy this because I don't want them to feel as if that's the key to that's happiness. That's the way to salvation. Right, that's the way to salvation. But you don't have members in all congregations who think that way. Mm -hmm. You have to know your uh, people, the people that, that, that you labor with. You have to know them that labor among you. You have to know if that's their mindset, and so you're watching out for their souls, and if you see that that would cause them to stumble and fall, even though you had it, you wouldn't do it. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. So you wouldn't. But these people who are just arbitrarily looking at a person who's of faith and just condemning them because God has made them prosperous, they need to sit down. Yeah, it's really all a, a hustle, what he's doing. He's just making a hustle, <laughs> uh, condemning pastors, mm -hmm. and he's catering to an audience that feels just like him, mm -hmm. that's supporting him, and that brings him hand over fist kind of money. Right. And undercover, he's probably doing the same thing right. that those pastors have. Yeah, and this is what I ask people. So if you were a musician and they were willing to pay you, say, 100000 a year to be the main musician in the church and you had that talent, would you take the job? And if you tell me yes, then you can't criticize anyone else. But if you say, no, I would refuse the job because there's too much money to pay a musician <laughs> in the church, then I would say, okay. <laughs> I don't know how much time we're going to have left to discuss this last next topic, but um, I'm going through some of my paperwork that people have sent to me over time, and someone sent this um, question, um, and it comes from questions.org, and it, the question is, are there different levels of punishment in hell? And at first I thought, well, I don't know, but I, since I've been reading Revelations and I read where the Lord judges people, you know, each person is judged by what they have done in their life. And, um, they're, they're, and you know, depending, I guess they're thrown in the lake of even hell, fire. even hell is thrown into the lake of fire. So. But, so what I want to know is what do you think? You know, so this, uh, the answer, part of this answer says, the idea that there are different levels of punishment in hell is graphically portrayed in the Divine Comedy, which was written by Dante Alighieri between 1308 and 1321. And in that poem, the Roman poet Virgil guides Dante through the nine circles of hell. The circles are concentric, representing a gradual increase in wickedness and culminating at the center of the earth, where Satan is held in bondage. Each circle's sinners are punished in a fashion befitting their crimes. Each sinner is afflicted for all of eternity by the chief sin he committed, according to Dante, the circles range from the first circle where the where dwell the unbaptized and virtuous pagans to the very center of hell reserved for those who have committed the ultimate sin, treachery against God. 
And so it goes on to say that although the Bible doesn't specifically say that there are different levels of punishment in hell, it does seem to indicate that the judgment will indeed be experienced differently for different people. So in Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 to 15, it says the people are judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. Verse uh, chapter 20, 12 says all the people at this judgment, though, are thrown into the lake of fire. Revelation 20, 13 to 15 says, so perhaps the purpose of the judgment is to determine how severe the punishment in hell will be. Well, let's just say this. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and Dante didn't know. I don't even know why he's quoting Dante. I mean, that's, that's his interpretation of how he thinks hell is going to be. But unless, and you know what I told the Lord? I don't want to know. <laughs> I, you know, all I want to know is the Lord him crucified, and I want to abide in him, and he abide in me. And uh, the, how hell is structured, unless God sees to give me a revelation, interpretation, that's fine with me. And we'll and probably how the, have to continue next week, but I do want to touch on this. The only place in the Bible that I think it does say something is in Luke chapter 10, where Jesus speaks of a somewhat comparative punishment, because he says that, you know, if uh, you go into a village and then they reject the gospel, gospel it'll be more tolerable for it'll be more bearable on that day for Sodom right. than but it they don't, is for that but town. But they don't know in what sense is it bearable. They have they can't say because God has given them the revelation as to what He means by it. I mean, even even in the parable of the rich man and the and the poor man who was laying in the bosom of, of Abraham. You know, that's he, a sad story. Right. I mean, you, I mean, you don't truth. know. That's and even, a sad truth. And even the Lord said in that day, this man of sin, there's, there's like a section where all these great leaders who were sinful, it's like, it appears as if the word of God speaks about them having their own special section. And when the man of sin arrives, they're going to say, is this the man that people feared? Is this? But as far as the extent, the severity of how people are punished, we don't know. Well, we'll have to finish right. this next week. Right, we don't know. We have no idea. Yes, for praise the Lord and let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Today's verse of the day comes from Psalm 27 and 14. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Now ain't God all right? God is all right. Praise the Lord. Last week's food for thought was, how many times did the cock crow when Peter denied that he knew Jesus? The answer is once. And the answer can be found in Matthew chapter 26, verse 75, which reads, and Peter remembered the word of Jesus, which said unto him, before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. This week's food for thought is, what was the earth founded on? Hint, the Bible. And that's food for thought. <laughs>